0: Hello there, pals. Just me. Feel free to skip ahead 30 seconds to the episode proper if you like. But before we begin, I just wanted to quickly say that we're genuinely ever so grateful to everyone who has left us a nice review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and wherever else it is that you can do, you know, stuff like that. In the show notes for this episode, uh, we've gone ahead and thanked you all individually because it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. And you might remember me saying before that I can't really believe that we're lucky enough to have anyone listening to us. (laughs) Uh, But seeing your really kind reviews makes us all feel pretty special and like what we do is. I don't know. Like it's good or useful in some way. So, yes, I'll stop taking up your time now, but just, uh, yeah, thanks again.
1: Avengers Endgame, Canopy and Stars, and Guard Duty. This is Staying In so I spent my bank holiday weekend in a yurt have any of you ever stayed in a yurt uh, no
2: but my brother is having a wedding in a yurt mm. next year I, I How hope
3: big it's a lot bigger yurt? than the one I stayed in <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that the one I stayed in was like <laughs> could fit maybe two people
1: so Alex you stayed in a yurt
3: the one that so I did quite a lot of glamping if that's what Ooh. you're referring to
1: did you yeah. use canopy and stars by any chance
3: oh i did i yeah, used it fantastic. so much that i got a box sent through to me with tea and a hat and chocolate oh my and stuff gosh. from them
1: so you're like a club <laughs> so card member so this is fantastic
3: <laughs> yeah i was like how did they get my address
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is my first this is my first time with canopy and stars this organization yeah. they're like airbnb for glamping and uh I'd never stayed in a yurt before. I knew what they were. It's a tent that's like 3,000 years old in terms of its design, Um, but it's it's fantastic. Like I had like a skylight above me. It's the only bit of natural light coming in. So you'd have the trees above and things and a wood burner and Mm -hmm. waking up every morning, taking interns, getting out of bed, prepping the fire, getting that lit because it's so cold you can see your breath, making sure that's Mm -hmm. lit and keeping that fire going for the day really to warm up the place. Had a bathroom outside where the shower had two walls and I was basically just showering outside, facing nature, there's huge fields and the forest and things.
3: Yep, standard. Very nice.
1: And the bathroom. You know how sometimes flushing the toilet can be a bit of a chore? Well, or <laughs> no. don't worry. No. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Just don't worry, Dan, because this toilet doesn't have one, doesn't have a flush. <laughs> have you ever used a long drop loo, Dan? Uh, take my silence as a (laughs) no no yeah it's an audio medium so they can't see your face but Yeah. yeah okay picture this basically it's like a toilet it's like one of those privies you see in like medieval dramas and things but a 12 foot deep pit so if you drop anything down there you're not getting it back and no flushing um and can i say for those who've never been glamping and they're worried about and squeamish about long drop toilets absolutely fine not got anything to worry about. It was, the poshest, it was posher than some actual toilets plumbed in I've ever been in.
3: Yeah, they're really no, posh.
1: No, hang on. No, hang on. No, they are. I went to
2: some toilets in Bali that <laughs> had actual, like, computer screens <laughs> next to the toilet on which I could pick how much the water would oscillate. What? And how much power it would give me. And, on, and how forward
1: I wanted the jets of water. Yeah, I didn't have any electrics. Mine, that, I'd have to, mine would have to be hand cranked with water from the stream (laughs) and it was awful because 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 there's like candles in there Dan you've got candles everywhere and things and I took with me to make the place a little bit more romantic I took these little LED like candle things I thought I'd decorate around the place so the shower outside and stuff it looked really pretty and things but I took a few into the long drop loo and I accidentally dropped one down the (laughs) toilet now 12 foot it's dark you can't see anything usually but your instinct when you drop something is to look down and look for it and I'm never going to be able to unsee what that thing temporarily lit up it was like a horror film I don't know if you've seen Aquaman with the, the, the flare going into the breach and all these like creatures around and things yeah, I can't unsee that, and it, and it, and it, the battery life is so good, Dan. It's still glowing there now, probably.
3: <laughs> oh so you're saying,
1: so you're saying that future people who will attend yeah. that long drop, they're movie, gonna they're but... gonna they're gonna lift up the toilet seat. It's gonna be like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction.
3: <laughs> I'm just gonna, any any comments from now on are gonna be like, lovely stay, glowing Lou. Not sure what it's about. <laughs> Lights the way, <laughs> Chris.
2: I can't believe you left a little glowing glow. What was I going to do?
3: I love uh, that you stuck your head down.
1: If I would have put my head down, I I would have passed out.
3: (laughs) It would have been like the scene from uh, Train Spotting.
1: Oh gosh!
3: (laughs) Disappearing.
1: Oh my gosh! But yeah, twelve foot down. But no, Canopy and Stars absolutely fantastic. My first time in the year, and I hope to go back there one day. We did nothing. We played cards for five hours and just watched the fire. And then two wasps came into the tent. We watched them as they tried to leave. It was just utter bliss, where you've got nothing to do but just to focus on the bare essentials: food and warmth. And it was just really nice. What cards were you playing? We were playing. Now my partner's from Slovakia, and she introduced me to a card game which involves two decks of cards being shuffled together. It's called Jolik or Joker. It's called. Now I've played a game of Joker when I was a kid. Oh, he's got his big book, and it's got little post-it notes in it. So I thought it was that game with the Joker where you have to pair up cards and you're basically picking a card from the players next to you and then you're trying to pair the cards you've got in your hand. And you, what you don't want to do is get accidentally past the Joker because the person who's got the Joker left in their hand loses. But this is essentially a trick-taking game, a bit like Rummy Cub, where the Joker counts as a wild card, a bit like, I don't know if you've played Rummy Cub or if you have, you probably haven't played it for a while, with the faces which act as a wild. It's a bit like that, but with two decks of cards shuffled together. And we played that for five hours, and it's really, really addictive, really addictive. It's got some really lovely balancing mechanics, and also, Sam, you'd, you'd appreciate it. There's a particular way in which you must shuffle the deck and deal out the okay. deck and things. It feels really substantial for just what is a, a game of two decks of cards, and it made me realize how long it's been since I've actually played game a game with a normal deck of cards, I don't mm. generally do that these days, with board games which are so shiny and sexy and colours and pictures and things I think I forget sometimes that actually imagination is important <laughs> and, and actually you can do a lot with these 52 there's a reason cards are such a, a long standing and almost ubiquitous and universal yeah. game, and yeah Jolique, Jolique I really really enjoyed Joker. I,
3: f- I feel like um, glamping is one of those times where it almost kind of forces you to completely playing cards in a way but you also to appreciate
1: with... and enjoy something you may not necessarily enjoy if you're doing board game yeah. evening and somebody brings it out but yeah that no, was great
3: I um, always find that I become fire master like I have to I have to tend to the fire like as you say constantly especially if it's it. winter oh gosh um,
1: love it it's really um, good but it's amazing I don't know if you you probably know this as a, as a black card member of Canopy and Stars Alex but like um,
3: <laughs> platinum <laughs>
1: yeah um, most of the like properties and they've got yurts they've got tents they've got old railway carriages they've also got tree houses which i'm really excited about i think my next one's gonna be a tree house but they most of them say features as a you know an essential they have board games there yeah. like in the yurt, uh, we were in those bananagrams and free dexter they have cards kind of the
3: classic like really old ones they don't they like scrabble and
1: well we had baguette what is that <laughs> it's like it's basically an old-fashioned pinball machine Ah, that's cool Where you don't, you, don't ha- you don't have like a little spring, you know, plunger Which springs it up, you actually have to tilt it round <laughs> Really um, old but... <laughs> Yeah, really old school And we played darts as well, there was a dartboard, So yeah, it was it was like It's sounding this... a lot less less like camping,
2: this Well, it's glamping I know it's glamping. I know it's glamping, but what, where do you draw the line? Yeah.
0: Come on At which point does it become more glamour than camping? The long drop loo, Dan
3: it depends where you go I think because there's like stages of glamp to camp (laughs) where (laughs) I think the glamp there are ones seriously that cost thousands a night which are like massive castles like tree house castles with swimming pools and stuff or there's literally you stay in a tiny tent you have to make the fire you have to chop your own wood yeah there's there's huge layers and uh, levels i quite like the middle from glam to camp i'm I'm like in that kind of although i'm going to one in a couple of months chris which is completely off grid so there's no electricity no uh, wi-fi no nothing it's like a (laughs) completely going with you Nope. (laughs) 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 he wouldn't survive
1: pete off the grid
3: (laughs) he'd get there and be like this is lovely and then two minutes later be like Oh my God! There's no internet.
1: He'll come out looking like Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian Bem- embassy. <laughs> He'll
0: have only been there oh. two days, but it'll just, yeah. just, just take it such
1: out. a terrible turn for him.
0: It's like oh castaway. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, but I, I felt like I was in some kind of doff-racky tent. I had sheepskin duvet, like sheepskin layers <laughs> of sheepskin on the top to keep you warm. It's ridiculous, but yeah, yeah. we should do it. We should do it. We did the Euro trip. Let's do a let's do glamping.
3: Oh, glamping! We could all get something pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's not, it's not very expensive.
1: Do a treehouse.
3: Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be
1: incredible. Yeah, Canopy and Stars. Cannot recommend them enough. Uh, Future Chris here. Hello. Oh, this is a bit weird. Uh, on your left. Um, just to say that this next section of the pod has spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Now, I know most people have seen this by now, but you never know, because it's busy at the moment, isn't it, really? We've all been there, and it's going to be in the cinema for a while, so why go and see it now? Well, it's just so you can listen to this bit of the podcast, really. But if you don't want to know about spoilers for Avengers Endgame, that's absolutely fine. You'll just probably want to skip ahead 30 minutes or so, just to avoid those spoilers. So, once you've seen the film, feel free to come back and pick up where you left off. Anyway, let's crack on.
2: Are we talking I'm so about it? paranoid
1: about mentioning it. Oh no, I can we
2: Can we like talk about it but not mention what it is, any of the actors in it or characters or anything that happens in it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a film. There we go. <laughs> it is a film. Next. We're allowed like, to like talk about
2: it now. We're allowed like to talk about it
0: now. Are we? Who said that? Uh, the Russo brothers have lifted. Have said people can spoil it, but basically, don't be dicks about it. Oh right, okay. They, they've said they're happy for people to kind of spoil it now, but just don't go around telling people who don't want to know. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh. like my nan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know.
3: <laughs> well, the thing is, there isn't really much to spoil. Not really. Isn't there? Well, I wouldn't I think want. There's to... a
0: lot to spoil. Yeah, I think. I mean, I mean all there's... of it, really.
3: Well, what I mean is, there's no like. There's nothing I was like, oh, what a twist about.
1: And also, have really? you seen the new no, Spider-Man it... trailer? Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Yeah. I think I... everything, I mean, didn't play out exactly as I expected. the The fundamental beats were there. I just maybe didn't know how they were gonna how they were gonna play out. But everything, uh, yeah. I wasn't surprised at like, oh my god,
3: they came back. Ah, of
1: of course yeah, they were. I, I thought that there was. was good. There was no Unless... question about that
3: less people died than I thought would
1: well let's just go around and just ask for like your favourite thing and you can just do it in like a one word or one line let's say that people who've seen it oh will get God. but people haven't oh, right. seen yeah, it Okay, that's good I know mine that's hard I know mine finger oh yeah that's one of mine mine is on <laughs> mine is on your left cool yeah. damn it
0: um, on your left is pretty good Uh. worthy
3: Aww. I feel like
1: we're playing a game of code I feel like we're playing a game of code names here.
3: Fuck. Yeah. Ah, that one's a good one. Fuck.
1: All of these are picked from
2: the end of the film, which is interesting. Yeah. Bum. Oh, a great thing about bums, right? Okay. Chris and I uh, Chris and I went to go see Captain Marvel, right? And there was a bit in Captain Marvel. Where uh, Carol Danvers says something along the lines of "Is it Carol Danvers or is it um, her pilot buddy who I can't remember the name of because she was she wasn't given enough time as a character to develop uh, and the, and someone says to one of the scrolls and if you carry on like that I'm going to stick that where the sun don't shine and a little kid the <laughs> little kid out of nowhere in the screening went.
1: She's
0: talking about his bow. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh it's like having God. Cliff Notes <laughs> from a child.
2: <laughs> it was the best. It was the best moment. It was brilliant. It,
3: it was the pilot friend. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious.
2: Go on, Alex. What's your one word? We, so far, we've had finger. We've had word. We've <laughs> so had worthy
3: finger bum is what we've had so far
2: <laughs> it's a worthy finger bum of a movie I
3: don't know what, what finger I don't know what finger is
2: oh yeah, well, what's we don't the want to finger? ruin it Dan oh Chris showing me your finger you yes. know, no. no it's the way I did well, it that's what he does the way no? I did it. yeah yeah remember we'll do that we'll do that to Dan yeah. we're all waving our hands in circular motions that, that tells you what character had the finger ooh yeah
3: right. do you remember
2: and then do you know no
3: That took me a bit actually to to know what you were talking Uh, about. I
0: mean, I I mean, the waving of the hands tells me what's happening.
3: Okay. I don't remember the
0: finger playing a major part.
2: Don't ruin it.
3: (laughs) That's the character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Alex has just shown us a picture she made of Taco, her (laughs) pet bunny rabbit, as Doctor Strange, (laughs) which is, oh my god, sorts are supreme. There's
3: many others as well.
2: So go on, Alex, what was your, what's your um, non-finger-worthy-bum moment?
3: Worthy was pretty good. I don't know if I can put it into a word, but I literally cheered out loud, uh, Portal? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That yeah. was pretty... Yeah, I mean, that, that was genuine goosebumps.
3: I'm in love with the Black Panther universe, like that world. So when the Wak- Wakandans are involved, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I think they're awesome they're just I love it that, that's the next thing I'm looking forward to is Black Panther 2
0: mm. I I—I had kind of one major problem with it that I still can't really get over and I think this could be another one of those things where most people really like this and I just mm. can't get on board with it Um, and that's Fat Thor oh I love that oh so really? Good. No, so I just, good. I really struggled with it. I really didn't like it. I, th- mm. I'd, I had no problem with him being overweight of some sort, of being drunk, of really struggling, but he was depressed and yeah. kind of let go of himself and he was played for laughs and I really didn't like that.
3: I think I agree, except that moment with his mother, oh. I mm. think actually they cut through it and it, I really... That was when I started really feeling it because there is, it's for jokes, oh, look, it's Chris Hemsworth and he's always gorgeous and, and they turn it completely on its head. But I think in the, mo- in the poignant moments where he's like, no, I'm genuinely terrified. Yeah. I think that I feel enough for it. I know what you mean. It skirts that line. I've got line. no
0: problem with them playing the thing of he's no longer this ripped guy because there's obviously, there's memes and memes about just images of Chris Hemsworth Chris Hemsworth as Thor being absolutely ripped, and so it mm. was quite funny seeing him not. I just thought the fat suit basically was played for laughs, and it was played for laughs. It absolutely was, and the kind of the whole sequence where he gets introduced again, I just I didn't find funny. I think the first shot of him is like, okay, fat Thor, humorous. Oh no, it's it's really being played for laughs, and because that happens because he's depressed, and I love that such a great character moment going from what happened yeah, from and that, having yeah. the fact that he missed at the end of Infinity War and carrying that forward because that could have been a moment that got lost very easily mm. in the same way there was nothing because of how it played out you didn't get anything from Star-Lord the fact that he messed things up as well you didn't get any kind of um, redemp- him looking for redemption or anything obviously maybe that will happen in the future don't think so but maybe it will I love the fact that thor blamed himself because yeah. he just missed and that didn't disappear going into the next film and i really like that and so to then have the logical step maybe that he's just let himself go i get that but then it's played for laughs and it the thing can, is it's continually played for laughs which i didn't really like
3: yeah i think i get what you mean but there wasn't much levity in that film no. it's very dark I, and also he's kind of doing that I, he's doing that i think well, you've
0: got I think you've got um, Rocket's always a comedic character you've got Tony Stark often being comedic um, There's, I think there's, there's plenty of comedic characters in there and Thor can be comedic but you don't have to make him comedically fat and that's what they did
2: there's the other part of it as well that again these movies aren't necessarily being made for us like it's that kid like a large part of the audience now is that kid in Captain Marvel saying she's talking about his bum like (laughs) and I think that a lot of Thor Mm. in that moment was kind of like right we're nearly an hour into this movie guys like like for a little kid watching this maybe for some of the younger audience they need something to like recognize and latch onto and and something maybe that like rocket and tony stark that kind of humor i think hits on a more mature level and then thor kind of undercut undercuts that like he's there to undercut a bit more of that for a bit more of like maybe for the younger audiences so it's serving like like i think i think it's serving on other levels and the other thing about the fat suit is that i never thought that like he's never shamed for being fat like it, it's it's funny because it goes against the character that that he is, mm. but at no point does anyone go, Uh, oh, you're a bit fat, maybe you should work out and then like he goes into the final battle in exactly the same shape yeah, that I he was, started the movie. I was worried so, there was gonna be a montage where he got back in shape. Yeah. So I don't ever think like how he looks and how he behaves, it's clearly communicated that is a symptom of of how he feels yeah. and what he did not do in the in the final, in the final fight, so I was perfectly fine with that because he's never he's never shamed for how he looks. He's only ever questioned for how he's let his actions sort of take over, yeah. take over himself, and be be displayed externally like like they have. So and
0: I, and I go like I've got no problem with the 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 concept of of that of it being a symptom of. Of what his feelings are, I just felt it was played. I, it didn't go as far as fat shaming, but it was played a little bit too much for laughs. I think it the fat suit was that bit over that became comedic. It wasn't just a fat suit to show he's lost. Uh, he's yeah, not but toned. What, what's wrong like
2: that. with that? What's what? What's wrong with him? Him? You know, having that having that body shape. Like what? I don't. I don't understand. Because I, I felt like it was played crux. for laughs. Yeah, it was played for laughs. Like he was that—that that is a comedic moment. Like recording. So so,
0: but that's the thing: you're laughing at him for being fat, as opposed to, not, loo, as opposed to having the. No, I wasn't the, laughing.
2: I'm not laughing at him for being fat. I was laughing at him for for the character that he's become. Yeah, but you didn't need him to be that
0: overtly comedically fat in order to make that point. Is the is what I'm saying? I've got no oh, problem on. with not having him as ripped Thor, that's no problem. I like that. I like that it continued the idea. And don't get me wrong, I love this film. This is just that thing that's niggling in the back mm. of my head that I can't get on board with. I know what with. you
3: mean. Mm. I think he's, I mean, he had to be different enough that there was a phys- like proper physical like pfft, gasp mm. moment when you see him. So he, ha- he has to be different enough to make a reaction because with his armor on as well, even if he was just a little bit, you know, chubbier, you wouldn't see it. So he needed a full on fat suit. And I think there's kind of, they make the joke about, I think I would say one of my favorite words then is the Fortnite bit. I, find, I found that yeah. really funny. And that was more about having let a situation where you have feel like you've failed or whatever. Now he's kind of in this little, you know, house and they're gaming and <laughs> don't want anything to do with the outside world. And I found that quite funny. And I know what you mean about if you're thinking, if it's just about the fat that he wants it in your head, it's like, but I do agree with Sam that it's never ever mentioned, because of that. It's more about how he's acting, like how he's holed away up in a in his house and not coming out, rather than what he looks like.
1: There's a lovely line where he's having that conversation with his mother, where she says, mm-hmm. "You need to stop being who you're supposed to be, and just be mm-hmm. who you want to be, who be who you really are." And maybe there's an indication there of him not losing the pounds when he, you know, just. Dis- gets the hammer again that actually this is who he is and when you think of like if you think of like um his for want of a better word sidekicks his entourage in Asgard mm-hmm. they're all shapes and sizes and genders and backgrounds and things and as and and this fact that he doesn't have to live up to being this necessarily this um demigod-esque figure I'm mm. correct me if I'm wrong in, in lots of the Scandinavian in terms of the old Norse myths, I don't think they look like what we see no. in the comics. They're more like the beer drinking. They're just they're just stocky. Yeah. They're big. They're basically just big, stocky people. Ironically, I think maybe to some extent he's he's slowly becoming more of that Norse figure. I think they could have they could have made him just. Uh, I don't know. It's tricky because I could say well they could just instead of just adding the parents they could have just made him a drunk but then again that that's almost being facetious about alcoholism so it's a really mm. tricky one really I suppose and this might be a bit of a cop out the fact that they're actually giving him some degree of trauma um, after it mm. Mm. this is something they've learned from Previous comic book movies where the world nearly ends and everyone seems to bounce back in the next film after the Sokovia yeah. Accords were put in place with civil war and stuff. Actually, these things have repercussions, and uh, I really, it depends what happens with the Asgardians of the Galaxy, really, and whether they actually yeah. linger with that because he's had this wonderful arc for, he's had a fantastic arc, and, and thankfully, yeah. he's one of the characters continuing on, really. And maybe it is a misstep, but we won't know, I don't think, until we see it when we come out the other end, perhaps.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Because it'd be interesting. Because like, what that proves is like his strength, his worthiness is not defined by his body, and it's it's all defined by his state of mind, which has been Thor's whole character Mm. arc over the whole thing. Like in the very first Thor, his dad tells him like how arrogant and how selfish and how opinionated he is, and that's like a detriment to his person. And slowly, how that's all like chipped away and it's only until thor ragnarok that it's really like he finds himself as a person and is able to actually you know i don't need to be arrogant i don't need to be foolish like it's really been him like finding himself and that's why like he goes full on you know he he fully like descends into that into that state after infinity war because it's kind of like well you know i i was just then you know sent to do one thing and and I failed. Mm. And it's really interesting in the final fight like he is always aiming for the head. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And he's not the god um, of hammers.
1: And he's not the god, of, god of thunder. Okay. What 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 are your what I suppose what's your unanswered question from the film? would you say? Most unanswered question. I don't mean that in a negative way. It could be just something that's really piqued your curiosity. you think actually
2: Mine mine is what possible things has could Steve Rogers have done to the timeline by staying i don't know if he's done a lot
3: well where did he put um uh mjolnir that that wasn't with him at the end
2: where did he put it so where maybe, is it maybe the asgardians have got both maybe just well in he the took new it with um him. well in the new uh thor run he currently has 3 so <laughs> it's not
3: <laughs> what's the third one
2: he has Mjolnir, Stormbreaker, and another one. I can't. I can't remember. Just one for basic DIY. Home.
3: Yeah, Just a hammer.
2: <laughs> but yeah, he currently has three weapons, so it's not it's not out of the realms of possibility that he can just carry both around with him all the time. But he
3: gave one to Captain but America. Did he give one to Cap- for me? It's, yeah. Where, where, where did Loki
2: go? Yes. Uh... Loki's gone to Disney Plus, where we'll be having loads of adventures. Well, with yeah. The Tesseract. Well, so don't get me wrong; we'll find out where he went. Mm-hmm. But I'm, that's just it was just like a very throwaway
0: thing of oh I love that yonk and and that's it no one ever they just gloss past that and like okay we'll just have to find it some other, some other way but yeah that's what I'm interested to find out
3: there's a moment where he notices something's going on yeah. with mm. Iron yeah, Man yeah. and Ant-Man and I did think I wonder if that's maybe a chance for him to possibly survive in the future because he's something's changed and he's noticed it yeah um, which could be quite cool
1: my, my biggest question is that in uh, Captain America Civil War where you see Peggy Carter on her deathbed and she's wearing a wedding ring is that the wedding ring that Steve gave her when he married her? So she already knew that she was married to him?
2: No, because the way the timeline is explained by the ancient one is that nothing that they do going into the past will ever affect the future it will just create a new timeline so that mm. Peggy that you see in the deathbed is from the original main timeline. Yeah. So Steve... So that's what my question about Steve is, is that he's... Because he's gone back, he's created a new timeline. And in the new Far From Home trailer, Spider-Man film, uh, Mysterio suggests that he's from another Earth. So a multiverse. So then does that mean that Steve Rogers by creating a timeline has also created essentially a multiverse an Earth outside of our Earth in which he is still and could still be Captain America and could be brought back if Mysterio is telling the truth but he's a
1: goddamn liar. And And also but then how did Captain America also get back to his original time stream that he left? What do you mean?
3: Yeah I mean they brought him back to the current one.
1: Yeah but that always
2: happened. He could never he could that always happened that's that's the way... It's a bit Jeremy Berry how they it did the Jeremy Time Stone. But the, the concept is is that no matter what they did... So take the snap, for example, the original snap for Thanos. No matter what they did, taking the Time Stones away would never have stopped that snap from happening. That always happened. Mm-hmm. So, then, so that's why they had to do the snap when they did it because no matter what they did, like taking the stones out would never stop that future from happening because that future has already happened. So going back in the past is just a simple... So anything they did to change things in the past would just create separate tie lines. It would never... the the Half the people missing in the universe in the original main timeline would always happen. All they do is create a separate timeline and a separate, shall we say, universe in which people weren't snapped. But as Doctor Strange said, like there were 14 million outcomes or whatever it was where thanos always snapped his fingers Hmm. and only one
1: dan finger
2: (laughs) that they actually won and i I suppose
1: actually sam yeah because as soon as he puts the stones back into position then he can then return to his time stream can't he then so once he puts stones back in position he goes to meet peggy and then live out the rest of his life with peggy as it were really so yeah that makes sense
0: i have to say i have to hand it to the writers uh, for Endgame, because they managed to spend quite a bit of time explaining time travel in a way that, when you're watching it, you feel as though they have explained it. However, in hindsight, you think, "I no, I think you've you, no, you <laughs> haven't explained it." Well, the, at the moment, in that time, like the scene where they've got kind of Ant Man and it's, um, it's Paul Rudd. It's the magic
1: of Paul Rudd. He makes everything sound completely normal and rational.
0: When they're talking about it and they're referring to Back to the Future, all that stuff that conversation at the end of that conversation I felt like yeah they've explained how time travel works and then I thought back on it I'm like actually no they didn't they just kind of waffled (laughs) a little bit and I just I was swept away and I'm like yeah I'll go along with this and it's just great writing because it made me think in the moment that I knew what was going on and actually they didn't really answer any questions they just threw in some pop culture references and I got giddy and enjoyed them
1: fun fact the guy did the music to Avengers Endgame Alan Silvestri did the music to the Back to the Future trilogy he did sweet (laughs) it's a kind of also they also
2: pulled the trick that they did in Austin Powers where Basil Exposition is kind of like nah don't worry about it it'll be fine it's time travel you know what are you going to do I was just going to say just one other
0: thing I have to say uh, before Endgame I did say that I thought this could be where I step off the train uh, the Marvel train Um, Uh, having watched Endgame I now feel even more comfortable stepping off that train.
3: Really? That doesn't
0: mean to say I won't watch any more Marvel films but I don't think I'll have the same level of, of engagement as I have for this story it, it it's just too much requirement for me. I can pick it up as I go along if I want to watch more films but I, I, the ending gave me a conclusion that was an entire conclusion and I don't mm. feel like it made me want to watch more in the same way that other films have where you have the post credits. I've seen the trailer for the new Spider-Man. Looks sounds really interesting. I like where they're going with the idea of the multiverse stuff. And that all those ideas sounds fantastic. But I'll watch them as and when they I get chance as opposed to I need to see this at the cinema.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Who knows that when the films start coming out, maybe things will change. And I'll start seeing them and actually the story they're telling is fantastic and the new actors that come in and new characters that come in are really engaging I don't know I'm just I'm ha- I'm happy stepping off that train now and I don't feel like I'm missing out
3: I think it's a good it's a nice wrap up if you are ready to do that and me I'm still like really really heavily invested in Wakanda so I'm gonna be there for <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's one of the best films. Can you imagine glamping in Wakanda, Alex? Um, yeah, <laughs> let's do that.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic, It's it, but it's that classic comic book thing. And, and it is what comic books do really, really well is, because I've jumped on and off comics loads, like when a particular story arc ends, I'll be like, right, okay, well, this is where I'm jumping off. Like I had a great time, but, you know, so either something's not really clicking or I'm like, I don't know how they can really top that so I'm happy jumping off and then I'll jump in again at a later date like the comics are are, are great about doing that and Endgame is probably the most comic-y comic book movie that has ever comicked in all of (laughs) comicdom it's a a crossover it is superb yeah it is it is what all crossovers event are and they're genuinely designed to you know make everyone who is fully invested or has been fully invested for the last 11 years really enjoy and get, and get the most out of having experienced everything that has gone before it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I I don't blame you, but what, you know, is also great about comics is catching up should be, if the writing's done really well and the universe is built really well, super, super easy. So, you you know, you won't be missing out on things in general. But what I the question I really want to know what are two things, two questions? Did everyone have a wonderful comfortable cinematic going experience, which is crucial? I did. <laughs> yeah. I sat in a recliner chair for 3 hours. And two, what were your end game strats? What were your all right, I don't want to go to the loo. I want to make yeah. sure I'm snacked. What were your your <laughs> snack strats for the the End Game. <laughs> I
0: have, I have. You, you mentioned the cinema. I have recently uh, discovered uh, the joy of a fancy cinema. Um, for mm. most of my life, I've gone to your and multiplexes with your normal seats. I've not paid for premier seating. It's a waste of money. Don't want to do any of that nonsense. <laughs> However, the last two times I've gone to two different cinemas, both of them somewhat fancy. I saw Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, shortly around Mm -hmm. Christmas and I went to a cinema where all the seats were big leather recliners with loads of leg room it was a delightful experience and I had a great old time
3: (laughs) (laughs) what was that? that?
0: Glinima Glinima (laughs) and also what, what that does also as well is I have a genuine phobia I say genuine phobia it's not genuine phobia I just made up that it's just a concern um, that...
3: <laughs> Little bit different.
0: that that dialed down quite quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. it really Genuine phobia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Little bit of. A okay,
0: I'll upgrade it to a, a worry, a worry, oh, right. a worry of needing to go to the toilet during a film, and mm-hmm. because I'm quite tall, having mm-hmm. to stand <laughs> up and go <laughs> and block people's view and all that jazz, I just, I yeah. just dread the thought of that. So I have a system in place. Every time when I go to the cinema, <laughs> yeah, I go buffle. to the toilet uh, just before the trailers, just after the adverts just so i can maximize because like, i want to watch traders. it's part of the film for me
1: just severely um, dehydrated dan yeah pretty much um, <laughs> Take with, salt.
0: With, with the recliner chairs there's lots of leg room so i don't have to worry about that because i'm not having to squeeze past people or worry about that so mm. that's fantastic mm. anyway that was mary poppins for Endgame, i tried to get that cinema unfortunately got sold out so the cinema i managed to find was a brand called everyman now i'm not sure if any of you have Uh, Been to one of the Everyman cinemas. Um, I'd never been to one of these. I knew it was a bit different, more of a boutique cinema. And I went with my wife, and um, she had no, I mean, I had to drag her to Endgame, but she came along anyway. Um, And we got there, and you just walk in, it's like a really nice bar, and there's, um, you can buy food, you can buy drinks, you've got uh, board game shelves full of board games you can pick up and play, and stuff like that. And then when the film comes around, someone comes out and says, "Okay, the half eight showing. Uh, come this way." So you walk up to the front, and he's my ticket. She says, "Okay, come with me." And she she shows me to my seat, and the seat is a sofa, a really comfortable sofa. We are, we were on the front row, so there's loads of leg room. Ha ha ha! So you sit there, and there's just a room. It's it's a relatively small room, but the cinema the screen's nice and big. There's about like I don't know, about eight or nine rows, just of sofas, a couple of armchairs here and there and it was a really weird experience kind of just me and I've sat on the sofa so you're not in your own individual chair kind of boxed in so we're just kind of relaxing and just it was really nice and like the temperature in the room was just the perfect kind of warmth so you're really comfortable not too hot not too cold just before the the film starts someone comes around can I get can I get you any drinks I'll bring drinks out to you or do you want any food or anything so you can order drinks there in your seat and I've never been in a cinema where so many people were there for so long before a film started (laughs) Because hmm. everyone was just enjoying
1: the experience. Can I just ask, Dan? Like, yeah. is it what I hope it would be? And instead of actually having like trailers on a screen, people come out and act them out, and the adverts and stuff. <laughs> it's not quite that. No,
0: <laughs> I mean that would have made the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer somewhat more interesting. Yeah, you do
3: get the um, <laughs> manager come out sometimes, and they introduce the film then. <laughs>
0: yeah, like the captain of a plane. Actually yeah. brilliantly we actually had just before the film started it we went through the trailers and all that stuff and just before it started someone came to the front and says hi guys um if you need anything during the during the uh the film if you need the temperature changed or if there's anything wrong just come and let us know we're just outside the door um and they told us just so you know there's no end credit sequence so don't stick around for 15 minutes if you do, if you need to go this was a half eight showing the film was finishing at midnight I'm glad
2: I didn't stick around Still, for that
0: that's the, the you didn't get the
3: ending. Which... Oh,
2: Dan, you missed the ending. I didn't miss what? the ending.
3: They lied.
2: It was a perfect end that's... to the Tony Stark
0: side.
3: Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask. Actually, that was one mm. of my questions. What What did you yeah, guys think I, of I'd the infer- If I'd
0: stuck around at midnight for that when I'm tired mm. and mm. I was going to be gaining up at six the next morning with a baby, mm. yeah, I'd need like- to stick around for some clanking.
3: It was like 60 seconds it was just right at the end, but...
0: Mm. Yeah, but well, I'd, have had to, I'd have had to stick through the whole credits. It's a whole new film done.
3: The <laughs> I'd only really been there three all, was... all that
2: hard work that the people put in.
3: Yeah, that I isn't. had to go home. And...
1: <laughs> my bit of prep was this, right? It was going in the morning to check that my tickets could... I could get them out of the machines and stuff, which is very useful because my local cinema is Northwich Cinema, and I turned up to say... Okay, I've tried inputting my tickets to the machine. They're not coming out, and that's when I realised I'd bought tickets for Norwich Cinema.
2: No. So Yeah,
1: that was a frantic panic. But
2: but the, <laughs> well, at least your prep was good enough to go to the cinema yeah. early to try <laughs> yes. and. Pour I just sensed something
1: bad was going to happen, and because. They were literally squeezing people in. I've never seen a cinema like it. They were like, this is a small cinema, relatively speaking, an Odeon cinema, and it was the busiest it's ever been. And because they were desperate to get people in, even though I paid for standard seats, they put us in premiere and because they, they literally were cramming people in i i went with my partner who really really enjoyed it um she'd seen a few of them beforehand but she'd not seen infinity war so i gave her a very quick wikipedia-esque <laughs> summary oh of the God. plot you were that guy acting it yeah. out in the front yeah basically and yeah she loved it and uh, the end afterwards she's like yeah i want to go and i want to see the ones that come before to, oh, to contextualize it and things so yeah um, that was my prep yeah, go in the morning to really pack cinema and make sure you've you've paid for the right cinema. And that <laughs> when you and then when you try to pay for it on your phone, where the screen is not mobile friendly, and you you think you've picked that cinema, but you may have picked something else. That was my little tip. That's how I prepped.
3: <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, uh, I I too went to the Everyman, Dan. Oh, good. It is a it's a wonderful cinema. It's funny because the Everyman, there's something about. Like they are, it's quite expensive, but most cinema tickets are nowadays, and it's it's kind of like it goes back to that it's an experience thing. Yeah, you know, it you, certainly you felt the...
0: it was a, felt more like a night out than yeah. I've ever been to the cinema, kind of thing, and kind of if you have to jump out of the film at any point during, you kind of step out. and It just feels like you're going into a pub or a bar. It you don't feel like you're mm-hmm. in the lobby of a cinema, which is no, usually really sterile really and just some people behind a counter selling popcorn. It's yeah. It, it was. It is an experience and a night out.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it's changed. I wouldn't, apart from Cinema Deluxe and Everyman. I just really don't want to go to other cinemas now, just because I get really funny about. Like not only is expensive, but I'm I'm one of those people that's quite funny about watching films. I don't like it when people are. <laughs> Like, so, that that kid in your show, Sam, I probably would have thrown something at him. It's like a... <laughs> oh, but it was a lovely I thing to say. I bet it was very funny. You it would have, have, would have, have stuck up. your
1: drink where the sun don't shine.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about it! Speaking of military... Right. Nice segue. My lovely partner, who isn't here today, gave me a code for... Guard Duty, don't know if you heard about this. Guard, duty. No. Guard Duty.
2: Guard Duty. Guard Duty.
3: Guard Duty. Guard Duty. It is a adventure game. Which I'm always up for adventure games. But it's a very new one and I just wanted to recommend it. It's a nice little especially I don't know if Dan, you find this that you can't really settle into games for much longer than a couple of hours at the moment with a baby. Well,
0: uh, yeah, probably for the last 19 the months, game. it's been a bit of a struggle.
3: Yeah, so it's it's kind of... It's, it's not what, too what, what, long. On, is it on PC? Yes. It's your classic... It's basically a nice little nod to lots of the old school adventure games. So it's... Okay. there's You start off as a little... A literal guard who gets drunk and then has to find his armour to start off with, or strewn around town, and you go in a little shop that is largely useless you don't need any of the items but I was trying to guess what all the items were from various games so there's stuff from Discworld and Monkey Island and Sam and Max and Mm. lots of nice little nods and yeah I just wanted to recommend that one it's about took me about five hours so that's very nice
1: and and Alex does it matter if you've not got much experience with adventure games beforehand is it kind of predicated in you having a good knowledge of that genre
3: no, I would say it's it's um definitely on the side of let's make it so that people can actually finish this adventure game. <laughs> um mm-hmm.
2: so by so by adventure game. Yeah, so so it- by adventure game you you kind of mean like you explore an environment, you can't get through a door, but you can see the key through like a hole. So <laughs> you can't reach the key. So maybe you should pick up something to help you get the key, which will then help you get through the door, which will help you then progress to the next Part of the level that kind of like way of
3: playing it's kind of like that it's a lot less about combining stuff which a lot of good a lot of adventure games are, and I'm someone who's finished Discworld like five times uh, and monkey island all the all them like so i'm I'm used to the very very hard ones I mean Discworld I love, but it's really friggin annoying like you because it's all magical, you have no real yeah. world knowledge of being like, well, that would work with that in reality. <laughs> Wherever. Yeah,
2: but you say that. But I used to have to call up my local game shop <laughs> and ask them how to get past certain levels in Curse of Monkey Island. I have to say,
0: well, i yeah, always me... liked the
2: idea of like, these adventure and that games. that wasn't set in the real world. I like the but idea of still... these
0: adventure games. And for mm-hmm. about 25 years, I've tried to play on and off Curse of Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge and for 25 years I have struggled <clears throat> and I can't get past like the first hour or something but I'm convinced one of these times I'm going to play it and it's, something's going to click and you're gonna, I'm going to go <laughs> oh no,
3: I'm, now I get it
0: I'm convinced the moment it's just a puzzle that I can't get past and after I get that puzzle then I'll be fine but literally for like 20 odd years
3: what you've done there is you've picked not only probably the best adventure game of all time but the hardest like it, it is insanely hard if you like the monkey island world though dan i would i would recommend the curse of monkey island which is the third one which is much easier and okay. it's probably one of my one of my favorite games um ever made but again so like you said sam yes it's in real world but it's still like it's got voodoo and pirates and yeah, still yeah. weird combinations so with guard duty it is literally like you have to find you know boots his helmet stuff Blah blah. blah. you might even see the helmet behind the bar somewhere so, you have to just talk to a few people and then figure that out. Like, it's not really, it's not this kind of nebulous. So I've got to figure out if a chicken stuffed with a meerkat opens the door to mm-hmm. whatever. Um, oh, and then there's a the kind meerkats. of. <laughs> oh, that was it. Um, and it's <laughs> got not just the kind of fairy tale element, it, there's also a sci fi part to it as well. Yeah, I'm looking at images of Which it. It cool. looks
1: like um, some kind of pixelated version of like Nostromo from Alien
3: yeah exactly so there's that part so if well. there's
1: no like real obtuseness
2: to the th- like the puzzles then what what's the appeal to it then if uh, are the puzzles quite easy then if they if you know that they're like grounded in some sort of reality so is it like the story that's that's great and,
3: i'd say that if, if for an adventure game it's it's a bit like have you played or heard of bertram fiddle it's yes. that's a really in terms of adventure games, that one's really easy. It's just you sort of keep tapping through till the characters do what you want. Um, this is a yeah. little bit more advanced than that, but it's I just say it's a nice little like five hour game that if you really love adventure games, it's a really nice little nostalgia hit, but without it being I because I thought I was going to be stuck there for ages, and that's the worst thing you know just being stuck never coming back or if you come back later you're like i've forgotten everything forgotten what i had in my inventory what was i doing you know and then quite often you start again and you're just like Nah, i can't be bothered but yeah it was a nice little trip down memory lane and i'm sure there's references i've missed as well my slight problem was it did that thing which a lot of adventure games don't do where you get a few items and then you never use them (laughs) through the entire game so they're a bit of a red herring which is a bit odd that's the only thing i was a bit like hmm why have i got this fruit it's constantly like trying to smush it up against things like you eat the fruit no you have the fruit um
1: i love that kind of trial and error sometimes that desperation (laughs) forces you to adopt
3: and they they you know account for it because his he always says why do you think that person would want it or i don't think that cow or door would want it or whatever so they know that you're gonna mush it against everything
0: but also, but, in, in doing that, it tells you, ooh, there is something that will want it. So you hold on to it and give it to every single thing.
3: <laughs> it wasn't... It must have been, like, maybe it's a secret or something, because I finished the game. So to finish the game, you don't need it. But perhaps there's a little hidden thing, maybe. But I, what I did find very clever was, right at the beginning, he gets stung by some bees. And... um the voice actor just everything you say it's like <laughs> and you have to read the <laughs> captions underneath to see what he's saying but he voice acts everything it's not just like a classic for every single thing he's he's saying all the text no matter what you're looking at uh, yeah. in this kind of stung voice thing so that that was really nice as well so it's a nice little That's cool. nice little tidy game that explores with medieval and sci-fi-esque stuff will it
2: be out on the switch is the question i wonder we actually to ask ourselves.
3: um but yeah so Dan perhaps if you wanted to ever get back into adventure gaming and just wanted a a little kind of easy about a 5 taster. hour a taster yeah just to get yourself back in and then i'd recommend monkey island 3 not 2 <laughs> cuz it's so hard <laughs> it's long no,
2: but that also kind of makes me want to play even more
0: now
3: you're like <laughs>
2: So when Pete's not here, who tells us where we get questions from? We just have to wait for them to kind of just hit us. Yeah, okay. Well we'll wait.
0: At some point, like like <laughs> a piece of paper will like be flung at us, one of us, and then whoever that is, they just that they just have to read whatever's on the piece of paper. Yeah. I well, assume we'll, that's we'll, how
2: Pete does it. We'll wait. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Did you guys hear did you guys hear that? Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus, did you guys did, did you guys? They're, 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 they're all coming in, guys. <laughs> oh my God! Right, better. better, better I'm gonna. P-
1: I'm gonna pick up that question. <laughs> don't think you thought this through, did you, Sam? <laughs> no. <wait>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I don't know. Lisa goes out for one night and comes home. It's like, what happened to all the books? <laughs> um. There you go. There's another question. This question I've picked up that has arrived in my house has come from Twitter. So while I pick it up, can someone tell me what the Twitter handle is?
0: The Twitter handle is at StayingInPod. Cool.
2: <coughs> and it's pretty much that everywhere, probably. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, yes, Twitter, at staying in pod. Email StayingInPod. Email pod at gmail.com or Facebook or whatevs. So this comes from at Captain Buckers'. Uh, thank you very much, Captain, and uh, they say, "Hey at staying in Pod, I have a question, which is good, um considering taking the plunge into a new gaming setup, but my question is, Xbox PlayStation or PC? Now, I'm assuming he doesn't mean original Xbox original PlayStation in that or
1: yeah, or PC is in politically correct.
2: <laughs> so even though the new xbox is rumored to be called xbox because xbox tweeted that just the word xbox the other day so apparently that's, that's what it's
0: and to be fair i mean that's surprising because microsoft are known for their really straightforward and not
2: at all confusing uh naming uh mm-hmm. patterns but it, it's the playstation's fault that the xbox 360 was called that so it's 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 sony's fault if you hadn't played a game or owned a gaming pc or whatever what would you what would you get what would your advice be alex
3: well i'd probably actually advise pc since yeah. you could get best of both worlds really but you have to be bothered to kind of get a good pc whereas a console it just all sort of works yeah whereas with a pc that-
0: That's what's always put me off actually doing proper PC gaming because obviously Mm. I'm not a big kind of mouse keyboard gamer so I could use a controller, that's not a problem, you can get them for PC but it's it's the work that has to go into setting up like a proper good gaming computer.
2: I I don't want to have to do that. Well now, you work no more Dan because you can actually now buy subscriptions to high-end PCs like server farms in France for like 20... 20, 30 quid a month, depending on on what actually you want. And for that, you get access, a remote access to like a high-end PC Hmm. on which you can install anything. And as long as your internet speed is good enough, you can remote access that PC from anything. So if you've got a Mac, let's say, you can then play as many PC games as you want through your Mac on that remote PC. And for your subscription costs, as soon as a new graphics card comes out, your pc in france or wherever it is gets updated to the latest graphics card so it'll always be the latest, latest high-end so i, I don't cool. think that barrier for pc gaming necessarily exists as it once did like it's only internet really apparently you need like that, I, I feel like at the moment and i'm not saying this would be a
0: factor for much longer but at the moment i think that's still a factor in terms of the a wider audience being able to utilize that kind of service I don't, yeah. I don't think the internet is good enough overall i'm not talking yeah. about my specific location where i am in general for something like that to be like a legitimate alternative for everyone to a to a regular console kind of setup
2: i think yeah, but that if, needs you've got, to be if you've got if you've got fiber and you know coverage. you're getting 100 meg no matter what then you
3: know i think if someone was just wanting to know they hadn't gamed for a while I'd probably go with like, have a look at what the exclusives are. Not that that really exists anymore. It's sort of exclusive for like a month, isn't it? And then goes to everything. But I'd have a look Except at like- what
2: for Sony.
3: <laughs> what the games are that you really like and then buy the console that's, you know, has all them on it.
0: Because I actually, I, I, I started working with someone quite recently and I was, I was talking to her about kind of games because she plays a lot of games um, and what games she played. And kind of, I realised that all the games that I was look, either playing or looking forward to playing even though i didn't necessarily realize it they were all playstation exclusives i wanted i was playing uh horizon zero dawn then i wanted to play spider-man and gears and um god of war and uh, detroit new human and all these games that i was playing or looking forward to playing were all exclusives i only realized that because she was an xbox gamer and so she was like yeah i can't play that i can't play that Um. one either yeah i don't know that game i don't yeah because just not in there for me I look at the exclusives of Sony and I think those are all my favorite games all the Naughty Dog stuff stuff like I'm really I mean I've not played a year of stuff like God of War Spider-Man incredibly well reviewed really looking forward to playing those kind of games I did actually look at um, some of the exclusives for Xbox so I just thought uh, chances are there's probably loads of exclusives that I'm just not aware of and I looked at them and there are exclusives absolutely that you've got the likes of the Forza games and the Halo games and all you had the original xbox and the 360 and i'm a huge halo fan but looking mm. at kind of this, the type of exclusives that are on microsoft at the moment for me personally halo is the only one that really the only one that really interests me gears of war i enjoyed but it's not going to make me buy a console for it so
3: Yeah
2: depends on what you're looking for in in terms of a game and the other consideration is Xbox exclusives don't really exist because of the promise that all Xbox games are available on PC. Mm, so. Like,
3: you know, the Halo collection is going to come out, which I'm super looking forward to. So mm. that's PC, that's everything remastered, everything chronologically yeah. from, from Reach all the way to beyond. So I think P- as a PC, if you want, like, a load of games... Which someone mm-hmm. just getting back into gaming might be a bit like, oh, there's so many. What do I do? If you can have the right, you know, speed for all your internet, and you have can be bothered with all the friggin' graphics cards, that is a great way to go long term. But I'd say mm-hmm. with consoles, it's just plug and play. However, our PS4 recently has decided that uh, right when I'm doing something really difficult, it just spits the disc out. <laughs> So that's a fun little bug. Oh.
0: <laughs> does, does it determine that you were struggling and says, you know what, yeah. Alex needs a break. So just leave it. Yeah, maybe try something different. Here, you have the <laughs> disc back. Let's find it's something like, new.
3: I don't like that taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's
3: uh, Red De- Red Dead Redemption. It does not like the flavour of that. <laughs>
0: hmm. Is it like if you failed a mission three times? It says no, nope, you're done. Spit out.
3: It was almost, Well, yeah, it was almost like that. I was getting to the point where I was like, I'm never going to complete this because it would just spit it out. So oh there's gosh. that. But then with computers, there's a whole load of other problems. I've literally just had to have a whole palaver with my laptop, which got that 100% disk usage bug. Thanks, Microsoft. Uh, right. Which means it basically makes it unusable. It slows down the more you use it. <laughs> so I had to like crack out the hard drive. And it's a laptop as well stick an ssd in make a usb bootable uh iso put that in make sure You're not that the, selling laptop... the
0: ease of pc usage
3: here <laughs> well well exactly that's what i mean like short term consoles are way better like, you don't have any of that shit, but long term like pcs are better once you get over that crap or at least i thought i was over that crap and there's almost always something goes wrong, but then my PS4's messing up as well. So, <laughs> so nothing. Don't buy it.
1: <laughs> if you were stranded in a cave, you'd totally make an iron suit from nothing, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> that was staying in with Alex Brixham, Daniel Frost, Sam Turner, and myself, Chris Darby. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to leave a review too, we'd be really chuffed to bits. And thank you again for those who have left reviews. It really does mean a lot to us. For those of you who want to get fit and do so for a good cause, it is still not too late to come and join our team. Just head over to your app store and download the app Charity Miles for your mobile telephone. And look for us in the app at hashtag stayinginpod. That's all one word. Our team name is hashtag staying in pot at the moment we've made 755 dollars for charity which is fantastic which is well well on our way to our target of a thousand dollars but don't worry even if we reach that target we're not going to rest there if i know pete and trust me i do he will probably want us to double it by december so just bear that in mind so the more members we can get joining our team the more money we can raise for charity And the better we can feel because we're helping each other. So anyway, uh, until the next episode, thank you again for listening. Thank you for reviewing. And if you have done so, thank you for joining our team. Bye.